Welcome back everybody to Clone Wars Commentary. My name is Cheyenne and I am here with a guest today. Say hi, Grace. Hello. Yeah. Um, but Grace was still kind enough to help me dive into the Clone Wars episodes. And we are actually finishing out Season 2. So with Season 2 episodes 20 through 22, all in one because it kind of is its own arc in and of itself. So I'm hype. Are you hype? I'm hype. Nice. <laughs> We're very, like, calm hype. We were both like... Yeah. <laughs> I've done one Clone Wars commentary episode, and that was for season seven. Wow. I don't know if that counts as Clone Wars commentary, so. Yeah, it does. It does. Wow. I hadn't realized you hadn't been on before. Mm-mm. Nice. I've been on the main show. Well, welcome. Um, Thank you. So, the way that it works, Grace, is I basically, I have my notes and you have yours, and we have our, like, references on here, but mm-hmm. I'll just kind of take us through the moments that stood out to me, and we'll talk maybe about some characters. I have those pulled up as well um, for who I want to talk about, and then yeah. we just keep popping on into each episode. Um, the first thing that we do for episode 20, we're going to talk about the quote at the beginning, the fortune cookie, um, and it says, who my father was matters less than my memory of him um and i love talking about the reference the like literal reference in star wars and then also like a figurative reference in real life um for me when i heard it i didn't really i couldn't really think of a figurative reference um so like the literal reference who my father was matters less than my memory of him is literally boba talking about Django. do you have any other thoughts on that well because when I saw it, it just, like, it made a lot of sense. One for Boba and Django. Mm-hmm. One for, the, or another one for the fact that Django is, like, literally the dad for all the clones. Right. And then also, I kind of thought about it in the context of, like, the whole mm-hmm. Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Is that, like, there's yeah. Anakin and Luke, and then there's Han and Ben, and, like, there's just, there's a lot of dads. And That's so, such a good thought i didn't even think of that it didn't even fathom with me i always try to do that Mm -hmm. because like it makes the most sense at least for me to try and tie it all together yeah that's what i get for having so many things on my mind right now (laughs) is my brain is just like no um so this one I don't have too many notes on this one either because it was like the introduction to an arc, which is, it tends to be less uh, involved and very like, here's what happened one after the other. So the first thing that I have written down is just in reference for our listeners in this one, he is Boba Fett is known as cadet 327 or lucky. That's his like cover for being on the endurance, which is the ship that they're on. Um, And Boba is there to, trap and kill Mace Windu. That's just like the whole, the whole thing essence of this arc. Um, and my first note is a sad face with that poor clone that got blown up. (laughs) Yeah. I felt so bad. And like, I know that it's one of those, like it's a blip in time for star Wars and just for clone wars in general. Like there's lots of loss of life with the clones and everything. But, like, that for me was just insane because Mace was like, I'm just trying to take a nap. And then also I can't take a nap because Anakin's being annoying. So here, take this inside. Walks away. Doesn't die. And has to hold a dying clone in his arms. Oh. It's so sad. So it just... Yeah. I need everybody to be sad, too. (laughs) Whenever, like, a singular clone 
like dies either like in the movies or in like the shows yeah i'm always like so sad mm-hmm. it's also a similar reaction i had when i because i rewatched phantom s the other day mm-hmm. as i do and yes. there's a scene where like all of the starfighters are flying out of the hangar and mm-hmm. then one of them gets shot down <laughs> I, I yeah. always think about that one starfighter. Yeah. Every time. God, it's so sad. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, really. So we kind of hear a lot of different, um, not terms, but like references. So we know that they're talking about Vancor, which is a planet. They're aboard the Endurance, which is a ship. And then we also meet Admiral Killian. So lots of different names thrown around, but let's talk about Admiral Killian. Um, his first name is Showin. Showan. He is a male human admiral of the Galactic Republic during the Clone Wars, obviously. Um, he was overseeing the actions of Clone Youth Brigade aboard the Venator-class Star Destroyer Endurance um, when it was sabotaged by young Boba Fett. That's really a summary of this whole episode. Um, and then we'll get to his capture later. Um, spoiler alert. But he's got, like, a weird, like, Scottishy, Irishy, angry yeah. accent to him. Um I yeah, and then in this episode, he talks about, so because Boba has failed to kill Mace on his first trap, he goes to blow up the, like, central systems, and Admiral Killian is very good at staying calm. Like, he just, like, walks past this little brigade of uh, clone boys and is like, "This we're gonna make a drill out of it, like, I'll even time you guys, like, good luck, which is, to me, it's so cool to see the people that are training them are just like involved with them positively influencing them, you know, yeah. it's not just like fight or die. It's like, yeah. here's like a fun little test. I'm not going to tell you that we're going down, <laughs> but like, good luck. <laughs> it's summer camp. Fun little yeah. Activity. Yeah. It's fine. And it's just like, he, it speaks so much to like how some of these side characters are so much deeper than what we get to see. Um, and then he also is going to go down with the ship, uh, and Anakin and Mace are trying to convince him otherwise. And he says that he doesn't expect the Jedi to understand the sentiment of going down with your ship. Why do you think he feels that way? Why do you think Killian feels like that? Yeah. That is history nerd moment here. Bring it on. That is very well known for a lot of... Uh, people that I can't I can't word right now. <laughs> it's um, okay. People that are held in high regard, mm-hmm. so like in the military and things of that aspect. Yeah, that will go down with their ship. Right. So I'm gonna put a little bit of history in here to Bring give some context. So, for example, when the Titanic sank, the captain went down with the ship. In the World Wars, whenever submarines or uh, crafts of any sort went down, captain went down with the ship, mm-hmm. or some sort of officer. And it's like, that was like across all lines, pretty much. It didn't matter whether you were like good or bad or whatever. People just did that. Because right. it was like a, an honorable death, and yeah. like a, an honorable way to go down. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it happens in other moments in canon besides maybe holdo yeah i think holdo i think there might be one other moment in clone wars but i can't recall right now 
yeah. I can't think of who off the top of my head, but, like, it's a very common occurrence, mm-hmm. at least not all in one season, but it does happen, like, multiple times. And also, if I remember correctly, I think it happens maybe once in Rebels, too. I think you're right about that, for sure. I, I, yeah. I don't remember exactly, like, what season or what episode or yeah. whatever, but I do remember, I think, it happening at least once. Mm-hmm. So, it yeah. is common Yeah, and it's interesting how he thinks that the Jedi wouldn't do that. But I do, when when he said it, I was like, I mean, there's never been an instance where a Jedi's like, yeah, I'm going to go down with the ship. I, well. But they're not I in charge of the ship. Right. Is that why? It's, I think, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't either. Um, there have been instances where Jedi have been like, no, I'm going to stay back and save all these people. Right. That means I'll die. So, I mean, I guess (laughs) they do it, but, like, in a different context. Context. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Um, They do it due to their service and due to their duty or whatever. Right. But they do it for a different purpose than why other officers or commanders would do it. No, yeah, that's a good distinction between the two. Um, Mm -hmm. So the next three that we're going to talk about, and then I really only have, like, one other note after them, but we'll talk about Boba's little crew that he's formed. Do you, real quick, do you know if that ship is the Slave One? It is. Okay, great. Wonderful. So the crew in the Slave One, which is technically Aura Singh's crew, but also is Boba's crew. Um, Aura Singh... Bosk and Castus, and Castus, I couldn't remember his name until they said it 25 times, so um, we'll just talk. I'm just going to give, like, very baseline information. Um, we all know who Aura Singh is simply because yeah. of this and otherwise. Uh, she's a female Paladuvin bounty hunter. Um, I really want Paladuvins to be featured in my fan film. I can't wait to figure out how to do that, but... <laughs> um, she was present on, ta- or she operated prior to and during the Clone Wars. She was present on Tatooine, where she watched the Boon to Eve classic pod race. Didn't know that. During I the saw tra- her. In, yeah? In, in the medicine, I was watching it. Oh, I'm going to have to I literally, call her. I saw her for like a split second. I was like. Is she in the crowd? Well, so she's like standing near Jabba oh. at the very beginning. <gasps> and then as <laughs> Anakin's like going through the canyons or whatever, yeah. you see her for like a brief moment. <gasps> wow. Top, like a plateau or something. Just wow, I can't it. wait to like rewatch that and find her. Um, yeah. And then she's also there during the Trade Federation's invasion of the planet Naboo. Um, hey. Where is she? Where is she there? On Naboo? Yeah. She isn't on the planet. <laughs> That's I know what that I'm one. saying. Yeah, um, I think she was at one point, at least in canon, she was hired multiple times. That's fair. Yeah, to go assassinate Padme, she was first hired by the Trade Federation, mm-hmm. and then the Trade Federation was like, "Nah, we don't need Never her mind. because the whole invasion happened." <laughs> yeah. and then later in the Clone Wars, when the thing is involved with her and Ahsoka and Padme mm-hmm. during yeah. her one conference, or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think there was like one after that, but it wasn't—it um, wasn't disclosed in any episodes. I think it was disclosed either in a book or a comic, but I don't mm. remember which ones. Okay. Um, she also has a built-in comlink antenna, which we also all just like know from visually. But I think that's such an interesting concept. She's I didn't in- know it was built in. I thought yeah. somebody like, stuck it into her. I don't know. Like I think she did it to herself. 
Maybe she didn't. I don't know. I feel like somewhere I heard that she did that to herself. I haven't I found know. that in the wiki yet, but I'm sure it's in there. But she was an expert sniper and trained assassin. She would work for anybody who paid her. Um, she also at one point was involved with Hondo, which we will see later in one of these episodes. Yes. Um, she's worked with people like Vordelio and Cad Bane and Maul. Um, so she has made her way in the universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, Bosk is also one of those, like, you know, everybody knows him. Everybody knows who he is, what he looks like, etc. He's pretty iconic, um, honestly, just from one single scene in a movie, which is insane. Um, but I do love seeing him in these because he's so spooky. He's not like a like a stupid Trandoshan, like the ones in the other episodes. You know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That like hunting episode where they like hunted down and Ahsoka met Chewbacca, yeah, and all that. And I was just like, mm-hmm. Bosk isn't like this. Why are you guys like this? I'm confused. Yeah, I was like, I was kind concerned of, with how he made it out of there. <laughs> it's kind of like how Jar Jar is like significantly yeah. different than the Gungans. Ooh, that's a good point. I mean, this isn't this isn't a knock on Jar Jar personally. I think mm-hmm. he's like a good character. He yeah. Just, Got a bad rap. Yeah. I feel about him. That's fair. But yeah, um, it's a very similar kind of deal, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's also the son of somebody named Kradosk. So, like, Boss mm, Kradosk. Known for hunting Wookiees um, during the Clone Wars. Boss fought alongside Aura and Cassis, blah, blah, blah. Also, I read on Aura's thing that Aura trained Boba somewhat. So, that's interesting. Yeah. Do we know what mm-hmm. she trained him on? Just like in general? I don't know. I uh, think she just, like, trained him in general. Yeah. It didn't say anything specific. No. Also, when you said Castus, I thought you said Castus, and I got really <laughs> confused. Nope. Uh, I, I know. Like, Wait, what? I know. It's interesting, too, how, like, sometimes when things pop up in the different parts of the universe, like, Cal eh, was created so much later than this happened. Yes. And it's so weird how things can just sound the same, but be completely okay. and utterly different. There's two gyro tarballs. Oh my god, yeah. There's two. That's insane. That is insane. And one is Cal's master. Who's the other one? Was he also a Jedi? I think the other one was also a Jedi, because I remember talking to Rebecca about that. She's really confused. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Um, yeah. And then our last member of this little crew is Castus. Uh, he's a male Clatoonian. Clatoonian. <laughs> um... And he's just kind of, like, there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know. Like yeah, it doesn't even say that he's got any, like, special skills or anything. And then she kills him later. So, like, short-lived. Oh, well. Interesting, yeah. And, like, it's also funny when to hear Aura talk about, like, how useless he is. And it's like, yeah. then why did you, like, bring him along? <laughs> Like, why is he here if he doesn't serve a purpose? Yeah, exactly. And it's just, like, he seemed like he was so in it for the money. And it's like, well, if he's a coward and he's, like, not helpful and he's just, yeah, useless, what's the point? So, interesting concept to me. Mm -hmm. The last thing that I want to talk about, and then we can just ask for notes before we move on to 21, um, is when the, so the, like, crew, the little clone troopers, um, 
are left in their pod and the Jedi find them and they're like, okay, great. Like here's the coordinates, come rescue them. And the boys were like fighting in the pod before then. And Jax was just like keeping a calm head. He's the one with like the little hair right here and keeping a calm head and whoever whiplash is like yelling at him. And I think that it's important to note, like it's so cool to see the different personalities in the little clones because we we as the audience are taught to think that they like go through all this training to not develop that personality and like here they have it and then we see them as adults having personalities and so like just in general knowing that Jax is going to be such a good leader he's so calm and then in the end Whiplash is like well who needs them like whatever and Jax is like well no like let's have hope that Boba is just like us because then he'll know that he's doing stuff wrong it's like you're so sweet and you're a child i know i also really love speaking of clones and Mm -hmm. their personalities and stuff i also really love how clones who weren't supposed to have personalities have personalities yeah and then stormtroopers at least up until the sequel trilogy yeah don't have nothing they can have personalities but they don't yeah that's just very interesting to me yeah and i never like fully realized that Mm -hmm. until i had watched like the whole clone wars arc but also like when i started watching the sequels and i was like wait finn was a stormtrooper wait he has a personality yeah. And then when uh, Rise of Skywalker came around and I was like, wait, there's more of them. Yeah. And it's so weird to think about the fact that, like, maybe they don't even, like, expend their, like, use their personalities as stormtroopers simply because they know that something bad could happen. Whereas right. the clones are literally going through something psychological that tries to shut it down. So then the body, like, resists that, maybe. Or just changes over time. You know? Because right. I feel like some clones don't until they're in a unit that lets them. Right. Too, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. That's all I have for episode 20. Do you have anything else? Yeah, same. All right. I, all I of these like yeah, all of these are very like slim notes. I feel like the arc is cool because we get yeah. to see Boba as a kid and I think Daniel Logan did voice him for this. These this little arc. Yeah. Love him. Um, He's a great guy. I didn't have one little thing. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting how Boba tried to give himself the nickname Lucky. And how he ended up having green armor later on. Yeah. It's, it's so very weird. Luck of the Irish yeah. slash Leprechaun mm-hmm. type vibe. Also interesting that he chose the name Lucky. Why, though? I that's know. Like, that's the one thing that I was, like, confused about. I'm like, that's yeah strange. For the pod listeners that can't see it, I'm scratching my head. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm thinking. True. That's, like, the one direction. <laughs> yeah, the only direct line um no that's a good point so episode 21 is called r2 come home which is sweet title (laughs) um yeah the (laughs) you know what i mean yeah because gary leaves and then r2 left that's so funny oh man I don't know why I thought about it. That's okay. Spongebob is relevant at all times, no matter what. Um, it so, is yeah. Wait, yeah. I can save this. Um, <laughs> Classic Brown, the guy that voiced, yeah. uh, I that voiced Mr. Krabs, voices Savage or Press in the Clone Wars. <sighs> oh. 
the listeners can't see my face, and I forget that. Y'all, my jaw just dropped. That's insane. Oh, I just hit myself in the eye with my pen. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That's the weirdest thing I've ever said. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Oh my god. What? Oh, I love this universe. I love it. Um... We're keeping that in. We're not taking. Oh, that. not not for a second did I think about taking that out. Not even a oh, little yeah. bit. <laughs> so the quote for episode twenty one is: "Adversity is a friendship's truest test." I couldn't read my own handwriting for a second. Oh my god. Uh, th- I mean that just spans all across Star Wars, just everywhere. It is Obi Wan and Anakin. Yeah. Anakin and Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of other people. Yes. <laughs> Those are the only ones I care about. <laughs> to be honest, that's who everybody cares about. That's fair. That's entirely Nobody fair. Else is relevant. Yeah, and I feel like this one too is like uh, specifically for this episode. So in this episode, a summary: Anakin needs R two to go ask for help. He has to, like, go through all of these hoops to just get some help. And Mace doesn't trust R2. And then Anakin kind of starts to, like, look like he's like, oh, my God, R2, can you do this, please? And so, like, adversity is friendship's truest test. Like, plain and simple right there on the board. Um, Real world, also relevant. Self-explanatory and relevant, though. Like, I feel like I don't have to give any details, you know? Of course, adversity is the truest test of friendship. Mm Mm-hmm. And end of story. <laughs> um, this episode is very strong with droid protect squad kind of vibes. Yeah, yeah, um, it's awesome. And like, because as everybody in the Castle Run Weekly vibe, yeah, area knows, I love droids a lot. Yeah. So like. Watching this episode and the fact that Mace doesn't like R2 and then Anakin's like, dude, can you just do this for me? Is like, how dare Mace not trust R2 mm-hmm. after everything R2 has done yeah. for not only Anakin and Obi-Wan, but just like the Jedi. For everyone. Obi-Wan, yeah. When he's been around. Yeah. Mace better respect my sweet droid boy. Yes. Or I will have some choice words. Yeah. R2's an angel. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, R2's an angel, and anybody that disagrees is wrong. (laughs) Um, I also just, like, love R2 adventures because in the beginning, so uh, Mace and Anakin are walking with their droids, R8. R8 is purple and gold, which I just love. I love that because I love that Mace is surrounded by purple and gold things. (laughs) Lakers colors, too. Yeah. It's awesome. So... In the beginning, they're talking about it, and Mace is like, you put too much faith, or you you encouraged the droid too much. Um, and Anakin's like, yeah, whatever, like, brushes it off, you know? And it's just so interesting how, as much as, as, much as I hate to say this, like, Mace is a good Jedi in the aspect that he listens to the rules. And, like, digests the the mantras of it all, you know, like, not that, like, like, I love that R2 is unique and special, but, like, the, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? The difference between Anakin and Mace is, like, uncanny. 
Um, which I know that's the point, but I literally just love that. And then, um, Anakin like stands up for R2 in that moment, but is also just like, also like whatever. Like I know everybody thinks my relationship with my droid is weird, but he's also saved my life more times than anybody else. So yeah, he's he saved a bunch of peeps. He deserves yeah. a medal. Exactly. And then R2 starts to like feel Gundarks moving around in the background. Um, Gundarks seem to be a common issue that Anakin faces. I feel like this is like. Yeah. The third or fourth episode in Clone Wars where he faces Gundarks, but he doesn't actually have to fight any of them, um, in this one at least. And they are on the search for Killian, and they send off R8 and R2, um, and eventually we find out, I'm kind of skipping ahead, but just so that I go with my notes, eventually we find out that Killian, Pons, and somebody else are hostages, taken as hostages, so hold on to that. Um... Oh, I was trying to make sure. I was, I was, like, reading things that I already said, and I was like, uh. R8 does die via Gundark, which is so sad. Uh, I I felt so bad. And, like, because, like I said, I love the droids in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Unless they're separatist droids. Fair. Then I don't, then I don't like them. They're yeah. terrible. But Astromex especially do not deserve the treatment that they get from people. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Oh, I got very close to my mic. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, and like, it's so sad because Archie tried to help and he like poked him a ton of times. Oh, that was so, it was cute. It was awesome. Until you let my friend go. Yeah. Like, didn't. R2 was like super sad. Yeah. There was a lot of droid activity in these, which is awesome too. I just love that. I love seeing them be a part of it, not just be like an information hub, which I think is cool because like I I have a tendency to forget that like Star Wars is more than just like the characters that we that can talk. You know, mm-hmm. like the ships have care, have personality sometimes, the droids, etc. the animals. Magic it's cool. Huh? Magic school boss of Star Wars. Yeah. You're yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so the one I wanted to talk about for this one, the like random character is Commander Pons. So I'm going to pull that up really quick. Um, Commander Pons is a clone. Oh, His okay. number is CC6454. Um, and he's actually the first one to get executed in Ooh. episode 22. Um, he's a clone trooper commander in the Grand Army of the Republic, assigned to the High Jedi General Mace Windu at the First Battle of Geonosis. Okay, so Pons and Windu have a relationship. Um, Pons earned yes. his general's trust as the commander of Lightning Squadron. Um, in the 91st Reconnaissance Corps. <laughs> what was that? My sister was calling. <laughs> I was like, oh, because I, I didn't have the video up, so I couldn't even see. Um, <laughs> so, Commander Pons, I know kind of just basic information. Um, and then, oh, in 22 years before the Battle of Yavin, Amir Wat Tambor of the Techno Union invaded Ryloth, and Pons assisted Windu in invading the planet to secure its liberation. So Pons has been around for a lot. Um, yeah. There's more information than that, but I'm not going to read all of that. You guys can go to the Wikipedia page if you want. Um, 
<clears throat> oh, I was literally was going to be like, he was born on Camino, as if the rest of them were not. <laughs> I'm an idiot. So- <laughs> it's fine. Um, so, Commander Ponds, just like quick info. I just love learning more about them, especially when I hear their names for the first time. I feel like the first two times I watched Clone Wars, I didn't pay attention to any of them, and it's like that they're kind of the whole point of this, you know? Um, at one point, so all of this is kind of happening, R2's making his way downtown, walking fast. Um, Anakin calls Windu Mace at one point. He, like, screams, Mace, over here! And I was just taken aback. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do that a lot. No! But, like, he, okay. So, that's, like, one thing I've noticed about Anakin. Mm-hmm. Like, through, I mean, not even just season two, but, like, this is a bit of a spoiler. Do-do-do. Do-do. He, he uses people's first names quite, like, more frequently than Obi-Wan and, like, the rest of the Jedi. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot. Like, Obi-Wan does it, but, like, not nearly as much as Anakin. Yeah. And it's just so strange to me. You know? Yeah. Like, they don't they do not do that. And, mm-hmm. and then even literally what you just said, like, Mace literally calls him Skywalker. It's like, what's, what is this weird dynamic? Yeah. I don't get and, it. like, you guys don't get along. like you just don't and it's weird okay so here's another thought that i just had right now at this moment um huh okay now perfect um so we were talking about how like anakin calls him mace which is just weird um yeah and then we also see so after they discover that um some of the troopers have been killed not like died in the crash um anakin sees the helmet Django's helmet and he's like a mandalorian helmet what the heck is that doing here and it's so interesting that anakin's brain didn't it both neither of them really like mace kind of got it he started to and then he warned anakin like right before the explosion happened um but even later when mace like force pulls the helmet over to him it like all started coming together and i i feel like this wasn't that long after the battle of geonosis right like shouldn't that be fresh on their minds i don't know because i don't either like the end of attack of the clones was like for sure the beginning of the clone wars but like we don't know for example how like, how long the gap is between episode two and the Clone Wars movie, and then from the movie... Oh, to this. That's to the, true. To the episode yeah. one. So, like, or episode one of the first season. Right, so right, about. yeah. Um, no, that's a good point. Yeah, so, like, we don't know really how much time passed, but... I f- like, wouldn't they know that beforehand? Because, like, yeah. Obi-Wan goes to Kamino. Yeah, they Yeah, they literally and, talk about that. Yeah, and he says like, "Oh, you have Mandalorian armor?" Yeah. Wouldn't he have said something to the council? I think it's in his report. It's like uh Anakin says something about it later and he's like, "Oh yeah, that was in the report that Obi-Wan did on Kamino." And it's like, "Okay, so you guys oh, just like exactly. forgot everything until now?" Yeah, it's <laughs> like at, I mean, context clues. Context <laughs> yeah. Clues, yeah. 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 
literally us in the Star Wars universe. They're like figuring something out, and we're like, context clues. <laughs> Remember so, the other movie, and they're like, "What are you guys talking about?" Yes, that's it. I have a, I have a perfect thing. <laughs> it's a gif that says there was an attempt, but it's like the more you know. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm the more you know. Um, I would love that, like, huh? That's basically what it is. Yeah. They just, they need context clues. They need reading Rainbow in Space. Yeah, honestly. To Um, understand their part. So then, R2 has to go get help, and he is, he, like, sees the bounty hunters and realizes what's happening, so instead of, like, going directly to get help, because he knows that's not gonna work, he starts, like, trapping the bounty hunters and, like, causing chaos amongst the ship, and he laughs, Aww. and it's so cute. I love him. I love, I love R2 so much. Yeah, he's an angel. I just, every time people ask, like, who's your favorite droid, I'm like, R2. I love so many of them, like, I want to hold Dio near and dear to me. He wouldn't let that happen. Yeah, I, like, I want... I love all of them so much. Yeah, and it's, like, same. And, I mean, I know as of late I've been yelling about BD-1 more than I've been yelling about, like, other droids. Yeah. But, like, BD-1 is the same way. It's, like, I would protect him and R2. At all costs. With my life. Yeah. There's no getting around that they must be protected no matter what. Protect. You yeah. You reminded me. I needed to post a poll on the Facebook group today. Um, yes. Which droid will you protect more? I know. Or That's such a hard question. <laughs> I can't they put that protect, on there. They would protect each other. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. They'd be like, "Get out of here. We got this. We we can handle it." Um. Yeah. So then he, kind of like pushes them off, and then he makes them think that they're leaving, so he gets to the ship, um, the Jedi fighters, and fights a Gundark, which is just hilarious in and of itself. I love that. I love... I don't know if you would call that slap... That's not necessarily slapstick comedy, but, like, kinda. Yeah? Like, it seems like it is. In my opinion, it would. Yeah? But it is kind of, like, in a different way. Yeah. Than like what we would normally define as slapstick. Yeah. Because like slapstick involves humans. That's but, true. Like, this is like a droid and a monster. Yeah. In an animated show that takes place in space. Yeah, so, it's like, an interesting context. <laughs> yeah, and also like <clears throat> that's not really one of the only examples. There's a mm-hmm. lot of different examples of it, but mm-hmm. that is like a really good one. True. Um, and then he, like, evades the bounty hunters. They think that it's Mace leaving, but it's R2. And then he gets into the hyperspace ring, tricks Boba. Amazing. Um, and then he literally, like, is screaming down the hallways, running over other droids, fighting That's with right. a droid when he falls into Plo and Ahsoka's meeting. <laughs> That's relatable. I love him. I cannot stress this enough. <laughs> R2 <laughs> is the best droid. Ever. That's, yes. <laughs> That's like, basically, like, if we had to sum up this episode, like, yeah, if we had to sum up this episode in mm-hmm. one sentence, mm-hmm. it's R2 is the best droid. Yes. Protect him with your life. Protect at all costs. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, falls literally down the stairs into the meeting with Plo and Ahsoka. And it's so funny to think about this, too. Like, we are obviously taking it in as Star Wars fans, so we find that funny. But it's like, people that have never seen that before, maybe you're just like, why is this droid so chaotic? But then if you put him in the context of, like, imagine, like, a Padawan running down the hallway and being like, oh my god, I gotta help my masters, I gotta get somebody to help, falls down the stairs and goes, you guys have to help me. It's the same thing. But via a droid. Can and I, I love that? that. I love the Can relation. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. For sure. Without a doubt. Ahsoka would do that. Without falling, probably. Maybe. Of, yeah. She would, like, do some sort of, like, fat hands. <laughs> yeah. She would feel herself falling and, like, flip out of it and, like, land and, like, Spider-Man crouch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'd be like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. So, they're all like, R2, you're insane. (laughs) And Ahsoka's like, no, no, no. I know this droid. He's fine. And Plo is always ready. He's always ready to go. And he's like, all right, well, they're in distress. Let's go. Gotta love Plo Yeah, he's awesome. He's one of my favorites, probably besides, like, Depa-Bolaba. Yeah. Depa-Bolaba, excuse me. Bolaba, yeah. Because... She was in the Queen's Shadow book, and it was very good. Ooh. That's, yeah, I love that. I love learning more about the other masters. Yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, she's one of my favorites. I love Shakti. I love Soka. Love Fokun. I'm creating the poll. <laughs> and I'm doing Would You Rather Be Trained By, Plo Koon, Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ahsoka Tano, who's my fifth one. I'm only going to put Cal Kestis. Cal Kestis. Because he's an idiot. Oh, I love him. <laughs> could you imagine? Oh, man. Okay. Posting that right Kian now. I'm could imagine it. Huh? I'm sure Kian could imagine oh, it. Oh, my God. I can't. I hope Kian puts Cal Kestis. All right. I don't know who I'd want to be trained by. Probably Ahsoka. I'd want to be trained by Cal just so I could, like, mess with him. Yeah. I'd be a really good Jedi if I was trained by Plo. Did you pause that by chance? Huh? Did you pause this? No. We're just going to leave it in. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. We're, we are authentic here at Kessel Run Weekly. Yes. <laughs> authentic real-time about- experience. <laughs> yes, we're talking about a poll that we're going to post later. And yep. Who would, be who would you be trained by? So go answer that. If you're listening right now, there's a Facebook group called The Kessel Crew, or Kessel Crew. KRW is in parentheses. Go join the Facebook group. Um, Please. Join please, Discord as please well. thank you. That too. And then go that's, answer my polls. I do polls every day, usually. That's where the Droid Protect Squad came from. That came from uh, <laughs> Discord? That, yeah, that came from Discord. That's I can't so add that to the otherwise I would. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, where were we? We were talking about Plo we always Plo being. Was great. Yeah, he's awesome. I don't know much about him, but also Plo Cool on Instagram. Uh, he yeah. has helped me learn more about Plo than I ever thought I would need to do. Um, yeah, he's a cool yeah, he's awesome. And then we also learn, so in this instance, so Plo and Ahsoka go and rescue them, and it's awesome, and the clones are, like, agile, and Wolf and uh, Comet jump out of the thing to rescue them. Yes. And it seems like... Before, so before they arrived, this is when Mace had like pulled the helmet to him, and he. Mm-hmm. It seems like with him talking to Anakin that he has remorse for what he did to Jango. Yeah, which I feel like is an obvious thing because like Jedi don't want to kill people. No, but 
it's something that like, I don't, you don't think about because it's, it happens so fast and they move on, you know? I also kind of thought about that. I was like, if Jedi do kill people, because, like, it happens, Mm -hmm. do they feel remorseful about it? Right. Or do they just forget about it? Yeah, because, like, I'm sure it's not the first instance in which that has happened with Mace. I mean, and, again, like, I don't mean this as, like, being rude to Mace Windu or anything. He's a cool character. Mm -hmm. But, like... I'm sure he's not the only character that's had to deal with that and, like, have remorse as a result. But I don't think it really set in on him. Like, the fact that he was holding the helmet after he had killed Django, like, so long ago. Yeah. My thought is maybe because, like, he didn't see the helmet when he killed him, but then actually, like, physically holding it after his death and being like, how did this get here when it was on Geonosis? True. Oh, yeah. That's, that's kind of, like, what my thought process was. Oh, because, that's so like, smart. there was a very similar type of thing. I think it was in the Revenge of the Sith novelization mm-hmm. with, like, <clears throat> the Sith statues and stuff that are in Palpatine's, like, office and apartment and yeah. things like that. Because... I think there is a moment, again, in the novelization, not in the comics, not in the movie, where, like, somebody from, like, the Jedi Council or, like, one of the Jedi that goes after Palpatine or whatever Mm -hmm. recognizes that as, like, a Sith relic. Oh. And then it sets in. So, like, it's a very similar kind of idea. Just... In different context. Yeah, it's interesting, too, to not... Like, the fact that I didn't even think about that. Like, it's, it's like... Of course, they shove it down, or they, like, know that they are, have been remorseful, and then until they see it again or experience it again, that it's not really relevant to them until it happens. Which is exactly. real world, too, you know? Yeah. We love we love Star Wars. In the we real world. We love parallels. We love a parallel. Um, yes. So then they all get rescued, and they're on these stretchers, which happens to Anakin a lot in this series. Um, yeah. And then Mace thanks R2. <laughs> and I got emotional. Get that little droid metal. Yeah. He deserved it. I'm yeah. so, like, that's like one a magnetic thing. one. <laughs> Besides, yes. Besides so Chewie never getting a metal. Mm-hmm. R2 never gets metal. Yeah. Rude. He was... <laughs> He is awarded something one time. When? At the end of the Battle of Naboo, mm-hmm. he's recognized by the Royal Security Forces. That's so cool. And then... I don't remember that. He... Well, because it happens kind of, like, off-canon. Mm. Like, it happens in canon, but, mm-hmm. like, it happens outside of the movies, outside uh, of the books and stuff. Yes. It's just, like, a brief mention. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, he he's only recognized like once ever, and that's like really sad. Yeah, like, he deserves to even, be the master of the Jedi Council. <laughs> yes. Even after that point, like R two, R two just deserves the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He deserves to be Chancellor of the Senate. Yeah, yeah. R2 wow, what a world we would live in if R two was Supreme Chancellor. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Could you imagine? Oh, uh, never a problem, ever. Huh? 
He would do a good job. He would be great. Um, Unless he accidentally unleashed chaos, then it would be a problem. True. Or if, like, imagine, like, R2 is Supreme Chancellor and L3 is, like, who's the big blue guy? L3 is his uh, version of that. And, and L3 th- yeah, is just, like, yeah. droid revolution in his ear. And he's just, like, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> um, that's really okay. it for episode 21. So the last one, episode 22, is not only going to close out this arc, but also season two. It is called Lethal Trackdown, and the fortune cookie is Revenge is a Confession of Pain. Ooh. Oof. I like that one. Yeah. Me too. I mean, for as dark as it is, because, like, there are some pretty dark ones in the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. but, like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's so relevant to Anakin and the conversation that he and Mace have in this, and... Right real world and it's just it's like if you are wanting revenge you're holding on to the pain that caused whatever is causing you to want revenge that was a very circular way to say that but that that also makes a lot of sense like just across star wars as a whole because like there's a lot of talk about like revenge and how you deal with pain and how you deal with and like oh you can't enact revenge it's not mm-hmm. the jedi way like, yeah just like so much happens because like i'm gonna use one of your faves as an example of this darth maul yeah is the embodiment of that <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I forgot you had that i just got it in the mail if, so if you guys can't see this because this isn't a video podcast cheyenne just pulled out a darth maul figure yeah he's from 1999 he's a hasbro figure he's the same age as me holy (laughs) he's supposed to talk but i haven't replaced his batteries yet um he's awesome that's interesting wow yeah he's dope but yeah darth maul is a very good um embodiment of that but also the quote fits very well with boba Mm, yeah because, like, the entire reason why he's doing all of this stuff is simply because of revenge. Yeah. Because he, again, like, he feels pain after losing his dad and everything. And, like, even though it wasn't his dad, it was his clone, mm-hmm. whatever, it still makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because even though in canon that was, like, a very short-lived type thing... Um, it still hurt because, like, that's yeah. all Boba knew at that point. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, um, it's even though this is Boba's story, um, or a part of Boba's story, it's it's relevant to. They always love bringing it back to Anakin and his his life, um, and so I'll go chronologically instead of jumping ahead. So we see Boba and Aura make the phone, make the hollow call and are like, we're going to kill them if you don't get here. And then they kill pawns. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a section where, um, aura is like talking to the clones and is going to beat them up. And her fingers are like right up close to the camera. And I went, Ugh. it was yeah, I don't <laughs> out loud. That's the thing about animation mm-hmm. that has always bothered me mm-hmm. is well, because most of the Clone Wars, when it was animated, 
Here's my nerd moment. <laughs> Most of the Clone Wars, when it was animated, didn't use any sort of, like, tracking or mm-hmm. motion capture mm-hmm. until Sleeping 7, because they didn't have the technology at the time. Right, yeah. It existed, but it wasn't used in that format. Right. So, when it comes to animating, like, hands and, like, mouths, especially, sometimes yeah. it gets a little weird. And I felt the exact same way when, like, Aura was, like, doing whatever with her hands. Nasty. Like, this, this looks weird. It I don't horrible. like it. It I looked mean, like skeleton. Same, yeah, and then I kind of felt the same way, like, when I was rewatching the Night Sisters arcs. Mm-hmm. When, like, Mother Towson was involved. Yeah. Because, like, her hands are weird. Yeah. Like, they're real weird. Just the Not way good. that people move their hands against things in the Clone Wars is just weird. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Especially if you're, like, touching another person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. This is a weird tangent. But, That's fine. Yeah. We love hands weird tangents weird. here. Hands are weird. Yeah, hands so, are weird. Aura's hands, Aura's fingers are gross, and I literally was like, and then I moved on. Um, so, yeah. Um... So then we flash to Anakin and Mace are both recovering. Mace is, like, chilling. Anakin's like, all right, what's next? Big Anakin energy. And Anakin's talking about revenge. He's just like, well, don't you want to, like, go get him? Like, he's just out there running free. Like, we can bring him to justice or whatever. And Mace is just like, whatever. And earlier in one of the episodes, Aura had referenced that Jedi don't hold a grudge. Um, They can simply be motivated. And then, boom, hollow call where they kill Pond's. So yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a previous reference leading to full circle of he probably isn't going to care, but we have hostages. So now he'll care. And she proves her point. She is correct. Um, and Anakin talks about revenge in this. And it's, it's interesting to think about how Anakin and Mace had this conversation um, and Mace recognizes these things in Anakin or like dislikes these things in Anakin and doesn't talk to him about them in real time. And then suddenly when Anakin comes to him in Revenge of the Sith and is like, I think it's Palpatine. And then Mace is like, okay, I'm going to go check it out. Instead of believing Anakin and having him on the team, he pushes Anakin aside and I'm going on a tangent myself because it's just like, you've seen, you've seen these characteristics in Anakin and you've built up this distrust of him Or, like, you've noticed that, like, he wants to talk about revenge in an instance where revenge isn't necessary. And then, instead of talking to him later and being like, hey, maybe rethink that, you wait until the last second, and then you die. Well, you fall out of a window. We don't know if you're dead. but (laughs) It's a big... The best way I can kind of explain this is with a quote. I don't remember who said it. It's not a Clone Wars quote. Mm-hmm. But it's like the idea of where like an eye for an eye and the world goes blind. Mm-hmm. And that's also like a really big thing in Star Wars that people don't really take into account is when the actions of one person ricochet and like make a domino effect against so many other characters and so many other situations. Yeah. And that's always been, like, a huge thing, both for Anakin and I feel like for Mace Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Because Mace, even, like, from his first introduction in The Phantom Menace, he's always had a distrust 
not only toward Anakin, but he sort of distrusted, like, Qui-Gon to an extent. Yeah, for sure. And then because he distrusted Qui-Gon and Anakin, he also sort of had, like, this barrier between himself and Obi-Wan. Yeah, without a doubt. That's what I noticed. No, yeah, without a doubt. I think you're right. And it's kind of weird to see how the Jedi Council, because they all have to work together in, like, this high-stakes environment. It doesn't make sense to me how you can have so much distrust for so many members of your collective and be able to work properly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, and I didn't really, like, recognize that or, like, fully realize that until I was watching these episodes because I was like, wow. Like, I didn't realize how much Mace distrusted people. I thought that it was just, like, a brief, like, distrust because he was like, oh, Qui-Gon, you're not being rational or whatever. Mm -hmm. But now actually, like, seeing him in action yeah, and, like, doing this stuff, it really kind of, like, connects dots when it comes to, like, how the Jedi Council was falling apart. It wasn't just, like, all of a sudden... It had been happening for a really long time, but it just Internally. took, like, one event to trigger it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, like you said, domino effect. Like, it was just this build-up, and then one domino falls, and here we go. Um, exactly. It's interesting that we don't have a Mace origin story, right? No. I th- I think he was in a comic, maybe. As a kid? Um, I don't think as a kid, but I think, like right after he became a Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Um, he might have an article on Wikipedia or something. Like probably, yeah. I probably could just Google it. Um, so we, they kill Pons, and they go to this planet called Florum. Um, so that's going to be our little Google moment for this episode. That sounds, that sounds like too close to Valorum. <laughs> yeah. I thought originally they said Florn, and I was like, what? I thought that you said um, fluoride for a second. I was like, wait, nope. what? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah. The, so Florum is like, you get welcomed by Hondo? I don't really know what that means for their government, <laughs> or if they have one, oh. but... They are headquartered on Florum, so he is who greets you when you get there. Um, and Florum itself is a sulfurous, sulfurous, sulfurous <laughs> desert planet uh, located in the Florum system within the Sertar sector of the galaxy's outer rim territories. Um, location of Hondo's gang, briefly held by the Separatists before the forces of um, General Grievous were repelled by Onaka's forces and the Jedi. Yeah. Confederacy of Independent Systems. Is that the Separatists? That is the Separatists. Okay, yes. great. I just wanted to make sure I worded that correctly. Instead of having to say Confederacy of Independent Systems. <laughs> 25 times. Um, yes. So they make it there, and by they I mean Aura's like, group um, arrives first. Uh, and super gross moment between Hondo and Aura. Ew. Disgusting. Um, disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah, we don't have time for that right now. Not um, 
Hondo apparently was friends with Django, which is also interesting. Would love to know more about that. And it's like, he, he like speaks highly of him. It's not just like, oh yeah, I knew your dad. Hondo is friends with everybody, I and feel like. Yeah, yeah, and that's but such like, an interesting thing, too. You kind of have to be friends with everybody. Especially when you're order. a pirate. Exactly, yeah. You have to be friends with everybody in order to do so. Do what he does. Um, yeah. So, and then this was a very small moment, but I wanted to ask you. So, Hondo orders two drinks and they hand them to him. And Boba, like, goes for the drink. And Aura was just like, No. And I don't know if that was just, like, a highlight of Aura's, like, abusiveness towards Boba, or if there was a reason for that. What do you, do you think it was just her being abusive? Uh, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Because I, I didn't really think of the moment. I mean... That's what I'm saying. It's so small. It just, like, happens. Canada, like, do they have a drinking age? I don't know. I don't know. That's all I'm thinking about. What's the like, truth? I did a little bit of research. And Boba, as well as the rest of the clones, chronologically are six years old. At the time. No way. Yes. No way. Do six-year-olds yeah. form full thoughts like that? Well, no. It's because the clones have, like, oh, a gene mutation you're right. to grow rapidly. Oh. So they have the body of, like, a 12 or a 13-year-old, but That's they're, like, so six. That's so weird. I yeah, it's like, I don't understand it. Yeah. Like, Ooh. Was Bobo, like, trying to be underage drinking? Does yes. Absolutely. Of course he was. <laughs> yeah. There's no he doubt in my mind. He needs a space dare program. Yeah, really. Um, so that happens, and then Aura kills Castus. I mean, it happens so fast, and then Hondo's like, somebody clean him up. <laughs> He sprung a leak. That was so weird. Um, and then Aura, well, Plow and Ahsoka get there, right? They get to Florum. Yeah. After going through tons of areas and we get to see Ahsoka kind of, like, have a moment, um, of, like, clarity with her Jedi powers and listening properly. Um, but right here I have Aura in an explosion. Where did the explosion happen? I don't even remember. I don't remember either, but that's because I don't really pay attention to explosions when they happen. <laughs> you should listen to an episode of Blast Points Podcast. They have one called Explosions, Explosions, Explosions. It's I will awesome. I listen to that episode. It's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Or we could be like the YouTuber Wheezy Waiter and have Explosion Wednesday. Explosion Wednesday. Um, we so talk about different explosions in Star Wars. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, she doesn't die in that, no. but we don't know that in this episode. We only know that because of Solo. Yeah. So, like, what happened? <laughs> Wait, I don't remember her in Solo. She's not in it, but, uh, what's his name? Woody Harrelson, what's his name? Beckett. Yeah. Says some somebody says something and uh he's like Aura Singh died in a fall. Or like you you're the one that killed Aura Singh, and he's like, No, she died from falling. I'm just the one that pushed her. Yeah. And I'm just um, like, when did that happen? Because well she doesn't die also because there was stuff that happened with her in like the fourth or fifth season. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because that's, that's when Ahsoka goes with Padme and Typho to that conference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that whole thing happens. Yeah. I think that was, like, in season four or five. I think you're right. How, how do you think she ex- uh, survived? What do you think happened? Magic. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Magic, Star Wars. She's probably just, like, ejected uh, or something. She was in a ship. The girl, the girl with the gun always lives. Did she even have a gun? I don't remember. Yeah, she always has a gun. You got she a point there. Yeah. The um, yeah. And then Boba's in custody, and he's all angry at Mace, and Mace is like, whatever, kid. We Stop gotcha. Emo. Yeah. Listen to your face, my chemical romance. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> it's fine. Um, we got him. Yeah, and that's it. That's how the, <laughs> the little arc ends, and that's how season two ends. So it's not necessarily, like, ceremonial, but it's it's good. Yeah. Um Finally, moving on to season three, I feel like I haven't. I've been in season two forever for Clone Wars commentary, yeah. so sorry yeah. to my listeners, but you know, here we go. They got season basically, seven early, so basically, what we've learned: girl with the gun always lives. Yes, protect R two with your life. Yes, um, revenge is always a thing that happens everywhere. Yes. Uh, Boba is really emo. Yes. And I'm sorry for Boba. He needs space therapy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Space. Yeah. Um, and R2 should be the Supreme Chancellor of the Senate. Yes. With L3 gladly by his side. Um, yes. Thank you so much, Grace, for being here. Thank you to my listeners for listening to us talk about that little arc. Um, we will be moving on to season three. I think our 200th episode of Kessel Run Weekly is coming up soon. <gasps> So, yeah, so I don't know what we're doing with that yet, but we will get back to you soon, so please keep an eye on our social media. Grace, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me um, as a moderator and and an administrator, I can't speak, (laughs) um, on the Castle Run Weekly's Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Castle Run Weekly. You can find us in our Discord channel, where I'm there as well. And then I am Amidala716 on Instagram and Twitter, as well as TikTok, but I'm, I don't post a lot of TikToks. That's okay. I have, like, I have, like, three. Yeah. That's it, though. Yeah. That's all right. I just, Getting there. Where I just scream about droids, Padme, and lately, Nightsister Marin, because I have her as well. She's very cool, but... Yeah. Yeah. Building um, it up. I also do book reviews occasionally. I'm working on revamping it on the Kessel Weekly website. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Um, you can follow me personally at CJerica on Instagram or CJerica95 on Twitter. Um, currently during the Black Lives Matter movement, I will be going live on my Facebook, so you can find me on Facebook under Cheyenne Hoover um, if you do so choose. And I do, like, periodic lives just about resources, education, um, things that I've learned in general that will help me be a better ally to the movement. Um, So if you're interested in doing that, please feel free to do so. Um, The main page can be followed at Castle Run Weekly on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as, like I said earlier, joining our Facebook group called Kessel Crew, um, or just liking the Facebook page. Keep an eye out for those Twitch streams that Grace moderates and does such a great job in. Um, Danny usually posts his schedule on Mondays um, for the full week, so it does change weekly. And so do the games as well. Uh, I think that's it. Keep an eye. In the future, be doing more um, 
live podcast recordings on yes. Twitch as well. Yeah. So you can tune in and join those. Yeah. They're, they also are posted later after the stream. Yeah, not audio will be after. available. Yeah, not directly after, but like usually a couple days, a week after. So you can catch those as well if you don't necessarily catch the stream. Yeah, and then, like I said, so um, the best way to keep up to date with that is following us on our social media and keep an eye out for that 200th episode. Thank you all for listening to Clone Wars Commentary. We'll see you next time, and may the Force be with you. Always.